Welcome. You are about to take a journey to a place of the divine love within with Deborah Buffet on the Love by Intuition show. For the next hour, allow her to prepare you in becoming a magnet for a profound love-infused relationship by identifying and focusing on solutions through love. Awaken the light within and let your essence shine. And now, here's Deborah Buffet on Love by Intuition, all part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network. Welcome, everyone. Bonjour, mes amis. And yes, here I am, Deborah Beauvais, and we are excited. It's Valentine's Day, and we're excited with our guests and all that we're going to share today. Um, and yes, we are the... Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. We are Boston-based, syndicated, worldwide, with all the bells and whistles. You can listen in your home, in the car, online, get our apps, uh, in the uh, Asking Alexa. And we are, um, most of the podcast directories out there, we're on there. So no matter whether you're uh, doing iHot or Spotify or TuneIn, uh, we are there under the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. So as mentioned, it's Valentine's Day, and we have a special treat. Uh, we have asked Mary McManus to come back and talk about self-love. Usually, Valentine's is all about couples and this and that, which is most glorious. Um, but I think that it's really a gift to ourselves by falling in love with ourselves. And that sometimes is a journey throughout your whole life. Um, I know it has been um, the purpose of mine or the foundation is learning to embrace myself just the way I am. So we are empowering ourselves and the world with self-love. And the reason that we are doing this is not only for ourselves, but as mentioned, the world. I'm a, a proponent of thinking that when we heal ourselves and we resonate in love for the self, then we actually cultivate compassion, understanding, um, team, effort, all those types of things come from the love that we have for ourselves. So by doing that, what happens is we're feeding the energy of light. We're feeding love. We're feeding compassion. And as that grows and that's a, the consciousness, the light, all of that is a collective consciousness, then all the other heavy, um, cruel, um, all, the, all that starts mm -hmm. to fade away. Um, and have more of a balance or just like works for me. Anyway, <laughs> without further ado, <laughs> um, welcome Mary McManus, and um, I'm so glad that you came back to the show. Oh, Deborah, thank you so, so much for having me, especially on Valentine's Day. And especially to talk about self-love. And, you know, you said it's been a lifelong journey for you. And for me, the journey to self-love, I wasn't even aware that I didn't love myself. I mm -hmm. was just because I grew up in a, in a home devoid of love and uh, endured a lot of abuse at the hands of family members. 
and I, I was in a survival mode. And it wasn't until I received the gift of the diagnosis of post-polio syndrome, which it's 16 years ago. And I, I love the fact that you started Dream Vision 16 years ago, too. I, there must have yes. been something magic in the universe at that time. Um, yes. But when I received that diagnosis, I said, oh, my goodness. I, I knew I was at a crossroads in my life. And fortunately, years before, I had come to know the work of, of our dear mutual friend, Bernie Siegel, and I, I read his book, Love, Love, Medicine, and Miracles, and he talked about the power of self-love and how Abby McDonald had polio as a child, and then she was diagnosed with ALS, a progressive neuromuscular disease, which can be fatal and usually is. Right. And yeah. she decided that she wasn't going to die hating her body. And I loved how you said at the top of the show that, you know, you just embrace yourself just as you are. And when I, I revisited Evie's story after I was diagnosed and I said, where do I begin? How can I love myself? And I, I got still and I asked for divine guidance. And that's when I started writing poetry, Deborah. And it was through writing the poetry that I discovered self-love, I discovered gratitude, I discovered the power of forgiveness and also to embrace my gifts. But it also, I realized that I, even though I had felt trapped in my body, in my mind, in my imagination, I didn't have to stay there. And so I started visualizing, feeling free in my body, and really embracing the gifts of my challenges, but then also really connecting to the source of divine love that we all have in every one of ourselves. And I really started connecting to that. And that's how I started loving myself. And uh, I started loving myself well. And I mean that in terms of loving myself well and then loving myself to well-being. So it's really, really a treat to be here and to be talking about how do we learn how to love ourselves. And you know, so many of us, Deborah, I know I'm not alone. Um, so many of us have experienced um, a lack of love um, in our childhoods. And I think even people who've experienced unconditional love still struggle with self-love in one way or another, especially with the way the world is today, um, where there's so much coming at us, social media. You know, you can look at social media and say, well, I don't look like that. My life doesn't look like that. Oh, my goodness, all these people are on vacation in the tropics. And we can really devalue ourselves. But the bottom line is, is that self-love is within us. And in, your, in the email you sent out today where you were talking about love and how it's, it just is, is within us and we can tap into that source. And when we do, magic and miracles happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really feel it's in our DNA, but I also feel that we choose to come here on Earth, and that is one piece that we are um, 
learning towards. Even though we come from the light and we're all resonating in love, when we come to the earth, we are here to learn, as I say many times. And, and while we're learning, <laughs> it's really getting back to the love we already know. But we forget that when I think that up until five or six years old, we're, we're in that realm and we're in that space. But once we start interacting with the human race, going to school and all, uh, we lose that. And then it's, you know, and then we, we're molded by our parents, by teachers, by things we see. And that can affect how we feel about ourselves. I've, I've read and talked with so many people that have said they had love as children, but something was missing and they became upset about a certain thing, something someone said, um, something they saw, and it affected them to the point where they doubted who they were, and then that became an issue with um, self-worth and all. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's almost like... We come with that, and and now, however it shows up, and then it's the journey to get to a place of peace around who we are, and then again, yes. that's how we're going to treat others, is how we treat ourselves. Oh, absolutely, Deborah, absolutely, and you know, once we can tap into that, that infinite source of compassion and kindness and one of the things um, I set forth sort of a a manifesto for the new year rather than setting resolutions I set forth how do I want to live my life this year and one of the things that I came to realize through my meditations at the end of last year and at the beginning of this year has been how I really internalized the judgments that I received growing up Mm-hmm. And I realized that I, and one of the things is that I really want to be mindful of when judgments come up for myself, for others, and to be really careful when, you know, I see something and the initial reaction can be, oh, I, you know, a, a reaction of judgment. and. Right when you talked about how we treat ourselves. So, um, it, you know, um, Bernie talks about the fact that we are, we are hypnotized um, as children until we're mm-hmm. about eight years old. And so for me, I had contracted paralytic polio when I was five and then experienced a lot of, a lot of trauma. So that, I think, was embedded in my in my being in myself but the beauty is is that divine love can overpower all of those experiences when we let them and when we're mindful so one of my one of my manifestos for this year and actually it's something that our whole family um, my husband and my daughter with whom I live are taking on as well and we we are really mindful of when we judge each other or when we're judging somebody else. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other thing, too, that when you talked about how we treat other people is being grateful. And so this year, we're doing a gratitude jar. And whenever we're grateful for something that somebody has done uh, within our family, we write it down on a Post-it 
and it goes in a gratitude jar. <clears throat> good, good. Now, as far as the judgment, are, do you call on each other for mm-hmm. that, or what, do you, what are you doing to um, bring that to the <laughs> surface? Yeah, we'll say... We'll kind of like give a gentle nudge to each other because we don't <laughs> we don't want to add judgment <laughs> to judgment. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that would be a good thing to do. So we do in a very compassionate way. Mm-hmm. You know, something something simple. I mean, when you're when you're living under the same roof, when three adults are under the same roof, you know, for an example. Um, you know, somebody finishes the fruit that somebody else wanted to have. And it can be, you know, why do they always do that kind of thing? And we say, well, wait a minute. You know, there's another way of looking at this. And, you know, let's be kind and compassionate. You know, they were hungry. They wanted the fruit. They weren't aware that we might have wanted that fruit. And so let's figure out a way to look at it in a different way. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. a very simple example. But, you know, something like that or... Um, you know, a bigger example is that um, my daughter had been critically ill several years ago, and unfortunately, or fortunately, because we look at the gifts, um, right. there was a lot of not good medical care that went on. And thank God, I mean, she's she's healed and she's doing so great. And one of the things that we've really been looking at as she emerges from that time in her life is how to forgive the practitioners that did not treat her well. And Mm -hmm. we also focus on how grateful we are that we now found providers who are helping her to, you know, completely move forward in her life. But, you know, it's so easy, Deborah, when somebody's hurt us to not be compassionate, to not Mm -hmm. forgive. And that, when you talk about the energy that we send out into the world, so even when somebody has hurt us or when we've experienced, you know, not good medical care, whatever it might be, um, or a friend betrayal or something, you know, we always have a way to bring compassion. So yes, we nudge each other. And when we have conversations, we, we allow those feelings to come out. We're not going to let them fester, but then we take it a step further and we come from that place of love. And also, you know, cherishing the gifts and the challenges and saying, well, look at, look at the gifts that came out of that. Look at the people that we've become as a result of the mistreatment of others. Um, that we've learned in our soul lessons that um, we can be so much more and we don't have to be at that energetic level. And I think the more that people can do that and say, I forgive you, and and I forgive myself as well. You know, there are times that um, we've all done things and made choices, and I think forgiveness and gratitude and self-love are all tied up together. And of course, as you said, you know, compassion. But it's, it's all about um, reminding each other uh, as well as being mindful ourselves and, and catching ourselves in when we are not being loving and when we're being judgmental of ourselves or of others. Because, you know, I don't know about you, Deborah, but sometimes I can be my harshest critic, um, you know. Oh, and yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's the that's the piece that everyone, if they were able, and it and it starts slow, but everyone can has the ability to do this is to start paying attention to your thoughts. Um, When you see something, your reaction to something, um, when you're speaking to someone, um, I always find it fascinating when you're, you know, you think you have it all together and then you're talking (laughs) with something, someone and something comes out, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, where did that come from? Um, but because you're paying attention to your thoughts and what your mind is directing you towards, then you're able to correct it and say, hey, wait a minute. Now, that's not really my true soul. That's not my true self. Um, what do I want to do about this? Do I want to change it? Do I want to alter it? Uh, and then you can if you choose. Yes. It's kind of like a little, when you start off, it's kind of like a little game, I think, where mm-hmm. you can play with your mind and, and kind of laugh at yourself, and then you want to do better. One of the things yes. that I wanted to ask you is, um, some people say they can't love others until you love the self. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's true? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think it depends on what kind of love you're talking about. Um, Very good, I good point. My, <laughs> I know that in my work as a social worker, I I didn't have... I I certainly didn't have a lot of self-love going on, but I think one of the ways I was trying to find my self-love was by loving others in my work. And and that's also how I burned out because I wasn't able to fuel myself with self-love. But I, even though I was very low on the self-love scale, I certainly loved the people that I was caring for. And I think I was trying to find my own healing by loving them and caring for them and caring about them and their families. Um, I was a social worker at the VA for almost 20 years. And so I think that if you're looking for a partner, that if you don't have that kind of self-love, that it can make a relationship extremely difficult I know early on with my husband and me, um, and we'll be celebrating our 45th wedding anniversary on March 4th, which is pretty amazing. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you. But, but you know, Deborah, it was really rocky in the beginning because, um, because we didn't really have a lot of self-love and respect. And so we certainly loved each other, but... I think it would have been, I think, well, now that we've gotten older and we're wiser and um, we've been through a lifetime together, we certainly come from a place of self-love, which makes loving a lot more fun and so much easier um, when you, you have a partner. But I, I know there are a lot of people who experience low self-esteem, self-love, and yet they're very giving um, to others. But then again, if they don't, if they're not able to fill themselves up and fuel themselves, that's where it can get 
you know, very difficult. And I think the, the flow of life, the flow of energy can get very stilted. Mm-hmm. Well said. And um, a lot of times when you're thinking about yourself and that self-worth, um, you mm-hmm. can put yourself in such a place that you can give to others, but in that place you're in, it's fine when you're giving, but the receive piece is not something you care for. You feel uncomfortable. In fact, you do everything you can to push the receiving away. But the, mm-hmm. you know, the um, balance is when you love yourself as you are and you're able to give and receive because everything in the universe is all the energy, everything is in balance. Well, we are coming up on a break Everyone, this is a live show. Um, we'd love for you to call in, uh, ask, a, ask Mary a question or I, uh, share a thought because it is Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, our number is 833-220-1200, 833-220-1200. Bob is in the house, and he'll put you right through. Or if you would just want to say hello, um, when we come back, We are going to have a special treat. Mary's going to um, share and read a poem of hers. Um, She's actually the author of critically acclaimed Hope is a Garden, Poems and Essays from the 2020 Pandemic. So she'll read from that um, and do call. So we'll be back in a moment. Don't go away. Experience a different yet profound healing with Reconnective Healing includes yet expands beyond any and all known forms of energy healing. The Reconnective Healing Spectrum is comprised of the full healing and evolutionary continuum of energy, light, and information. It allows for healings that are not just physical, not just mental, not just emotional, yet go beyond that to bring healing that includes the evolution of your very being and essence. Deborah Beauvais, trained and certified by world-renowned Dr. Eric Pearl, offers appointment hours at Seacock Family Chiropractic in Seacock, Massachusetts. For questions or to set up both distance or local sessions, call Deborah at 508-431-1959. Again, 508-431-1959. Or go to lovebyintuition.com. That's lovebyintuition.com. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of DreamVision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. After narrowly surviving the attack on Sandy Hook Elementary, first grade teacher Caitlin Royd DeBellis was left searching for answers that would never come. Eventually, she chose to focus on questions that could be answered. How do I make sure this tragedy doesn't define us? How do we get our control back? Those two questions led her to found the 501c3 nonprofit organization, Classes for Classes. When gifts poured into their classroom, she decided they would help someone else by paying it forward and being kind. This developed into a social network, which allows K-8 classrooms to connect so that every student in the United States can learn these crucial lessons. 
Classes for Classes' mission is to build students' social-emotional intelligence by connecting them to care. All C4C projects are crowdfunded. Any teacher in the U.S. can visit classesforclasses.org. That's classes, the number four, classes.org. Sign up today. Delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids Children's Book by Deborah Bove and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. We're with Mary McManus. Uh, We welcomed her back. We are talking about self-love on Valentine's Day and what we can do for ourselves in order to feed the collective consciousness with love and, and really delving into the parts of us that may hold the heavy, dark, hatred, different things like that, because that actually feeds other, you know, the opposite. Um, For those that may not be aware, Mary is a motivational speaker, critically acclaimed author and poet, a 2009 Boston Marathon finisher, and a polio and trauma survivor. And she has a remarkable story. Uh, She was on the show back in December. Uh, So you can go on the site, dreamvision7radio.com, and look up Love by Intuition Archives. You can do a search or just find it at the top of the page and listen to that first show because that was uh, um, in-depth about her journey and it's, uh, it's quite remarkable. So you want to listen to that. And so now Mary is going to read um, one of her poems. And so we all want to be in that energy and feel that. <laughs> Go right ahead, oh, Mary. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Love is a four-letter word. Love is a four-letter word. I swear by its healing power as it pulses and courses through the river of my veins, unstoppable, watering everything in its wake, the garden of my soul. Love is a four-letter word. I bear witness, bear my soul, a breath of fresh air when love enters the room. Love ignites, delights, purges the past, forges the present, a force to be reckoned with, reconciled, unveiling, revealing. Truth is, I am love, only love, pure and innocent, from love, perfection. Love is a four-letter word, the bridge, heaven on earth, all the elements I need to heal, living life as only I can, grateful to be a love. Mm. That is something. Um, you can feel, even the way you read it, the energetic force that comes with that. Mm. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Well, you know, 
thank you. Well, you know, the amazing thing is that um, after the diagnosis of the post-polio syndrome, I got still and I prayed. And what happened was I started writing poetry. And the first poem I wrote was called Running the Race. And that just opened the portal to being able to express myself in a way I never had before. Mm-hmm. And then it was as though a spigot was turned on in my soul and I was tapping into sources' messages about love, forgiveness, gratitude, joy, freedom, um, and imagining myself very different than the person I was in the past and also creating a, a future for myself that was different from the prognosis that I was given. And when we talked about, you know, I mentioned before about criticism, and at first I thought, oh, this poetry isn't good enough. And then I said, Mary, look at where it's coming from. What do you mean it's not good enough? It's coming from your soul connected to source. And so now I'm, I'm very bold in feeling really wonderful about what comes through me. And um, I wrote poems on my road to the Boston Marathon that visualized only a positive outcome. I um, wrote poems about healing early on in my healing journey. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, fired up my imagination in ways that I didn't even know were possible for how I could move and how I could feel in my body because I was so trapped in it. And it, it was just amazing. And I also um, just want to say if anybody wants to create anything, write a book, paint a picture, um, go on a radio show, um, create their own radio show, write music, whatever it is, um, mm. whatever your soul's calling is, know that it's good enough. And, um, you know, don't worry about um, putting yourself out there because – that's part of self-love, too, is when you declare your gifts and when you share them with the world. Because, you know, as you said, you felt the energy coming through that poem. And mm. it's, it's a wonderful gift to be able to, um, to share my gifts as a wordsmith and right. to has life. move somebody's heart. Yes. Yeah. Mm. It has life. And when we criticize ourselves, it's, it's really not the truth of who we are. And right. there is someone out there when you're, when you're in your, you know, your purpose and when you're in that, you know, that energetic force and you can feel it. There's an excitement in there. You can feel the mm-hmm. excitement um, bubbling up within. It stops small and then it grows. Uh, but there is someone there is someone out there that needs to receive that poem, those words, whatever it is that you're doing. And when you look at it from that perspective, even if it's one person that changes their life or their direction, then that is why you're writing. So <laughs> um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you as well is with the, with the self love and the self-healing, and I know you started with the poetry. When did the decision to transform by running, when did that all come? To, was it uh, during the self-love? Was it after reading books? Was it after the poetry? When did that bubble up where you knew, I'm doing this? 
Well, it started with the first poem, Running the Race, in that I felt a stirring in my soul about running, and I thought it was really odd <laughs> that I was feeling that because at that point I was still in a leg brace and I was using a cane. Um, mm-hmm. But then as I went through physical therapy with this amazing angel um, at Spalding, my first step was that I, I could love myself enough and accept myself and everything to move forward and to not accept the diagnosis. And fortunately, um, Allison from Spalding helped me to help, gave me that gift, gave me the gift mm-hmm. of faith, gave me the gift of confidence. So it began there, and then I was discharged from her care, but kept a lot of gifts with me around my relationship with my body that was just the beginning, beginning seeds of transformation. And then in October of 2007, I met a personal trainer, and um, we built on the Spalding program. And then in February of 2008, she was getting ready to leave my house. She was an in-home personal trainer, and I met my initial goals, and I set my new goals. And that's when it came through my soul that I was going to run the Boston Marathon as part of my healing, as part of my transformation, as part of my journey of redemption, Deborah. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, I had never run a day in my life. And she started me (laughs) with... Do you realize how crazy it sounds to the listener? And they may be sitting there (laughs) with similar situation, but to be in a brace and a cane and struggling to walk, and you transformed into a runner. It's un- it, yeah. I find it unbelievable. It's truly miraculous, Deborah. It's, it's truly a miracle. And, you know, it, it took a lot of courage. Well, at first it didn't take courage. At first it was the words fell out of my mouth. I'm going to run the Boston Marathon. I want to do it next year and raise money for Spalding Rehab. I mean, literally, it did not go through my mind, Deborah. It did not, it didn't pass through any rational, cognitive, nothing. It, you know, as you said, when you feel things bubble up, so it bubbled mm-hmm. up and it fell out of my mouth before I could even say anything. And God bless you. And what did your husband think? Did he think you were insane? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, just sort of. So that evening, I sat with my husband and my daughter, and I said, oh, guess what? Um, I have a new, a new goal. And um, they thought, you know, I was going to say I'm coming out of my leg brace, and they knew that I wanted to dance again. I was a, a ballerina before I mm-hmm. contracted polio. And so they said, I, they said, well, what is it? And I said, I'm going to run the Boston Marathon next year. And the jaws dropped, but then my daughter said, I always wanted to run Boston. I'll do it with you. And my husband said, well, you're not going to do it alone. We'll do it together. They were truly believing that I was out of my mind and it wasn't going to happen, so they were just going to kind of humor me. And it was no joke. Um, and so Janine actually trained all three of us. My husband mm-hmm. was a runner before. My daughter was a self-proclaimed couch potato, 
and um, Janine took us on, and she told me, you got to go get a pair of running shoes. And I give her so much credit um, for, for doing that and for giving us all that gift. Um, it was just, it was amazing. And then the courage came in because I was doing something so far out of my comfort zone. But I, and, and my poetry about my journey on the road to Boston really speaks to that I was answering God's call. And I mm-hmm. learned so much about myself. And I had been taunted and teased in gym class. And I, you know, I was, I was called Easy Out Alper. That was my maiden name. So whenever I get up for kickball in gym class, the outfield would always move in and say, oh, Easy Out is up at bat. And I love telling the story of how one time they all moved in and I, I know there was an angel that helped me. I connected with the ball and I hit it in the outfield and because everybody had moved in, I scored a home run. <laughs> <laughs> so there, no. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, um, and then... I I just, you know, I learned how to jog for 30 seconds, and then we kept adding on the time, and then we added on the miles, and then before I knew it, I was at the starting line of the Boston Marathon. We had an early start because I was a mobility-impaired runner, and it took us seven hours and 45 minutes. But I got to tell you, when I crossed that finish line, I was not the same person that started the starting line. And I realized that I was a very powerful person, that when I connect with source within me, anything was possible, and it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. And it was just truly, truly an epic experience. And I'm more power walking these days, and I love it because I just, I'm so grateful that I can get out. So, um, you know, the actually um, talking about trans, continued transformation. So I was pushing myself pretty hard, and then I blew out my left knee, and I went back to the post-polio clinic just to find out what was wrong and what I needed to heal. And as it turned out, they said, you know, I never should have started running and that I would probably need a total knee replacement. My cartilage was shredded. I had bone spurs on and on the results of the MRI. And I um, found an earth angel and a chiropractor who is also a personal trainer, and he worked with me, and we actually grew a new gastroc muscle using KT tape and certain exercises because the polio caused my gastroc muscle to atrophy, which puts the stress on the knee. But after that, um, I decided that it was always on my bucket list to run a race in Bermuda. So I went on to run three half marathons in 2016, 17, and 18. I still haven't had a total knee replacement. But mm. after those three half marathons, and um, I don't think about age, Deborah, but I am going to be 70 in December. So I'm being, talk about self-love. I'm being very kind to my body, and I'm doing mm-hmm. 5Ks. And I'm power walking because that feels better um, than the actual running on the joints, especially after doing the three half marathons. My hips um, really were, were quite um, inflamed and there were some muscle tears and whatnot, but that's all healed now. 
so I can get out there. How long did it take you to heal those tears? And did you um, continue to work with the chiropractor? Um, I did. I actually, the chiropractor that I worked with who first helped me, he moved overseas. And I was blessed to find another chiropractor. So I worked with her, and that really helped. It took, let's see, that was in 20, so it, it took, two to three years, Deborah, before I started feeling everything settling down and feeling the joy in getting out there and the joy in my strength training. Um, and I make sure I'm very, very mindful of my rest days and making sure that a rest day is a rest day um, in terms of activity and whatnot. And that's mm-hmm. all part of self-love, isn't it? Just right. you know, saying, okay. And you, so, yeah, I just, and you did it. You know, even though, you know, going back to Spalding and hearing, well, this is this and that, and, you know, you're going to need certain, you know, you did not go forward with that. You stuck to a plan of healing, and it always, it always seems it takes a little longer. Um, however, it, the body is majestic, and it can do all things when you when you tune in and and do the healing work. So um, I commend you. It's, I still marvel at the idea of you being able to transform <laughs> to where you are then and today. It's just yes. amazing. So um, we need to take our next break. All of Mary's books can be found on Amazon. We have most of them on our site as well. But um, go to Amazon and you can uh, see all of her books. Um, And we'll be back. Take a journey to a place of the divine love within with Deborah Beauvais on the Love by Intuition show, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. Eastern. Our message is love in the purest form. The light within us all is a guide to recall our beginning, to learn to love self and humankind, and to feel the higher power of our own divinity. To attract love, one needs to be love. Come join us and step into this glorious vibration called love. Delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids Children's Book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. Are miracles real? Can you move from mayhem to miracles? 30 prominent authors say yes as they share their high fives and down lows of challenges, abuse, addiction, and love. Experience Hope, the magic elixir of miracles, through the personal stories of New York Times best-selling authors James Redfield, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Sister Jenna, Reverend Temple Hayes, and many more. If you like bestsellers, chaos to clarity, and crappy to happy, you'll love crying and laughing through Mayhem to Miracles, sacred stories of transformational hope, available now on Amazon and in bookstores worldwide. 
It's a child's job to play, to learn, and to have fun. It's an adult's job to keep them safe. Did you know that one in four girls and one in six boys will be sexually abused before the age of 18? Every day, families enter the Children's Advocacy Center because a child's courage to tell someone what happened to them. Keeping our children safe starts with a conversation. This is Michelle Aranger, Executive Director of the Children's Advocacy Center. Learn more on how to keep your child safe. Visit CACofBC.org. This message made possible by the Fall River Rotary Club. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. And we are back with Mary. And Mary, do you have another poem that you would like to read? Sure, I would love to, Deborah. Um, So this is a poem that I wrote actually in May of 2021 during the pandemic. Um, Writing poetry and writing essays was an amazing way to help me get through and to stay connected to source when all the messages were bombarding us with with fear. Um, And so this poem is called Be Love. When siren shrill shrieks ear-piercing fear, be love, let light and love shine. Intelligence divine, love greater than fear, believe in love's great power. Love fills the cells, prison walls crumble, cells open wide at love song's first refrain. Delight, feel ease, delight in beauty surrounding. Refrain from fears beckoning as thoughts race with worry. Bathe them with love, potent healing balm. Extinguishes fear, restores one to calm. Fear or love, grow still and listen. Veil of fear shredded, revealing, reveling. Be love. Mm, Quite powerful. Because the opposite of love is fear. And we were and still are at times bombarded with the fear thoughts wherever we are, you know, whatever is being advertised. And um, it's something that can really affect one's ability to, you know, to have the joy happening. Not that we, and I should say, not that we ignore or tune out what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. We're... And it's to everyone's choice how how much they want to get involved with what they what is happening and how they feel about that. And I'm all about um, compassion and action. Um, but there's so much. With that said, there's so much thrown at us: how we should dress, what we should do with our hair, what medication we need, um, all the different things. That buy this coffee, have this, whatever. Um, and so it's all about the marketplace. It's all about money. And we can make our own choices. We can, you know, we can find our way without being told that you have to stay in fear because this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, Deborah, that's so spot on. And, you know, earlier you were talking about self-love and that, you know, you can love others, but then when you don't have that core of self-love, it's hard to be um, receiving love. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think also, too, talking about, you know, being in the flow, that it's so important in terms of not taking in, as you said, too much fear, um, because then you're cut off from the joy, from the gratitude, and from the love. And living in that state of, of high anxiety and fear, we know can take a terrible toll on, on our health, on our immune system, on, you know, just the stress response and everything. And um, so I, I, when we have love, um, and, you know, Bernie's quote, I absolutely love Bernie's quote about love, um, which is which that um, I am convinced that unconditional love is the most powerful known stimulant of the immune system. If I told patients to raise their blood levels of immune globulins or killer T cells, no one would know how. But if I can teach them to love themselves and others fully, the same changes happen automatically. The truth is love heals. And that's mm-hmm. from Bernie Siegel. And, you know, that, that quote has stayed with me um, ever since, well, I, I think on and off ever since I knew his work in the 80s, but especially during these past 16 years. And mm-hmm. it's, it, that's, you know, unconditional love for ourselves and others. And that doesn't mean that you, you have to tolerate abuse. That's not, oh, I'm going to stay in this relationship because I'm going to give unconditional love. No, then you're not giving unconditional love to yourself. But Good point. just that, that feeling of, you know, acceptance and love and, and being love and being that light that we all are at our essence. And it's so easy to forget that. And um, I... I've been so blessed, Deborah, because from an early age, even though my parents were not able to love me, I had people come along who did love me, and they loved me unconditionally. My physical therapist, when I had polio, um, she was absolutely amazing and read Dr. Seuss to me, and I think that's where the cadence came from after I was diagnosed with post-polio syndrome. I had a camp counselor who coached me to participate in the end of camp Olympics. His name was Joe Stetz. And uh, he was an Olympian who actually gave up his Olympic dream to become a doctor. And uh, just an amazing man. But when I was 11 years old, uh, he came along and he taught me what, he was 21, but I was 11. And so he taught me about unconditional love and helped me to overcome my fear of jumping off the starting block. And I finished dead last. And I think that's where my heart of a champion came from. And my ability to go and run the Boston Marathon, those were seeds that he planted within me um, when I was an 11-year-old. And then, of course, Bernie coming into my life in the 80s. And, you know, he, we call him my bonus dad, and he helped me to reparent myself to discover self-love and to heal. And it's truly miraculous what love can do. You know, think about um, when we tend to a garden and, um, you know, when you talk to plants and they grow and studies have shown that. And so um, it's just truly miraculous what happens when we love ourselves and and then when we love others. I I know... um, you know, when my daughter was going through her toughest times, um, I know that our love for her and our unconditional love for her um, helped with the healing process and continues to. Um, and it's, 
really a blessing to be able to feel that. And I'm, I would imagine you feel that with your grandchildren as well and your, your kids. Yes, absolutely. I'm very connected to all of them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's something. The, the thing I wanted to mention is the heart was open for you for the, you know, the, everyone that we interact with, whether it's on the phone or in person or, or, or anywhere, they always have a message for us if you tune in and say, oh, I wonder what the message is today from that person. But you're open mm-hmm. to hear it. So you have to open your heart to see yes. what will come your way. You can't have a closed heart and expect all these miracles and things. I mean, miracles will happen, but they might have to be, you know, knocking on your head to, to wake you up. <laughs> when, when you open your heart, so many things can happen and, and guide you. We have such guidance, especially in the world we live right now. Um, some of the things, mm-hmm. we only have a couple of minutes, uh, but self-care I think is very important, and you spoke about it on the different things that you have been doing throughout your lifetime. Uh, I think it's important Mm -hmm. to just mention everyone, if they tune in, to um, pay attention to what excites them. You know, like it could be decorating. Maybe you're decorating your bedroom or living room, and you find yourself a little excited inside about that. That's a passion right there. Maybe it's um, you get excited, you know, getting all this organic uh, items to to make a homemade bread or a homemade this or a homemade that. That I mean, that mm-hmm. I, I find that baking and cooking real food and enjoying and chewing can bring so much pleasure and passion, and then you yes. can start making it for the elderly or, or I mean, there's such cre- creative juices that happen when we're doing what we love. Can you think of something, um, at least one thing before we go, that you found other than the things we've already spoken of? Um, well, one thing is, is gardening and um, having a vegetable garden. Um, it's, it's incredible to plant the little seedlings and then we take care of them and we watch them grow and then we harvest and we make really great, great things from, you know, what we've grown. Um, so that's something that actually before the pandemic, I was not really into dirt therapy, but, uh, during the pandemic, um, and my daughter has always been into the dirt and um, she volunteered in an urban farm and that's when we started getting into growing our own vegetables and it's just such an incredible process and you see the little um, you see the little buds come out and then you see the little beginnings of the plant and then you know you watch them grow and talk about a miracle and so that's one of the things that that um, I really enjoy, and it's, it's also something, um, you know, we do together. And um, also, we've also done flowers. Um, and just to see the, you know, the, the little um, buds popping through as um, the ground yields from being frozen here in New England, um, wherever people are listening. So we're in New England, so we do have all, all the seasons. And just seeing that, that miracle of life um, and also getting down in the dirt and digging and, uh, you know, just um, adding to the beauty of the world. It's, 
It's just yes. amazing. And then, of course, for me, my writing and poetry, but gardening has been has been something that's wonderful. And um, this past year, we've really gotten into um, a lot of cooking. And um, David Hamilton, who I think we've talked about before, he actually did a cook-along for members of his personal development club. So we've got this incredible um, Spanish bean stew. I should send you the recipe, Deborah. You'd love it. Um, and it's a very mindful sure. practice of chopping everything up. So, yeah, yes, so, that, but that's the fun of putting it all together. Um, so that that is great, and I love the the food piece, and it's back to nature. And and if you want to find out how to connect with sauce go outside and and just look at life. So I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Valentine's Day for this special uh, conversation about love. And everyone share the... Share the show with others and listen to it again because it's always you're grasping something new each time. So thank you so much, Mary. Much love to oh, you thank and you, Deborah. You're welcome, and everyone listening and beyond, feel the love, ignite the love within yourself, change the world by changing what's going on inside your your mind. Um, with that said, au revoir. Are you seeking a clearer path to love? Then tune in to the Love by Intuition show next week. All designed to your highest good. To contact Deborah Buffet, owner of Empowered Connections, call her at 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or link on to lovebyintuition.com. Remember... We are all one, and we are all part of the miracle of love. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.